If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at American Signature Furniture or designerlooks.com. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast, part of the Fantrax family of podcasts. My name is Mung, and of course you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Good day everyone, it's Los at FFA underscore Los, L-O-S. Happy belated Labor Day. Hopefully everybody had a nice restful Monday. How you doing, Mung? doing great we're just a couple of days away from the start of the nfl season of course we've already had some college games kick off and uh it's just it's great it's a great feeling to have football back it's like we're almost to christmas yeah similar to christmas yeah uh one of the top five days of the year is the opening of the nfl season and it is among us it is just three days away and by the time you hear this it'll probably be just about two days away Yeah, and tonight we are going to preview all of the week one matchups, talk about some players that you definitely want to have in your lineups, and also maybe a few players from each matchup that you would consider avoiding. But uh, either way, uh, all these games are going to be great just to have football back. And before we get to the game previews, Los, of course, we have to talk to them about Thrive Fantasy because Thrive offers DFS-style contests on player props. It's super easy. You just pick 10 out of 20 player props for the week, with each prop getting assigned a fantasy point value for the over and under based on how likely the outcome is. The more you get right, the bigger the payout. Thrive Fantasy has over $140,000 in prizes for week one, including their $100,000 guaranteed Sunday contest, where first place wins $20,000. Sign up now with our promo code FFA, and you'll receive an instant 100% deposit match of up to a hundred, excuse me, a 100% deposit match of up to a hundred dollars for your first deposit with a minimum $10. Check it out today on the Apple app store or the Google play store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. That's T H R I V E fantasy.com. That sounds just about as good as it gets more ways to engage yourself in the game of football. That's a plus in my book. Yeah, a lot of uh, crossover skills there between fantasy and some of these player props, certainly. And let's get right into it. The first game we're going to talk about tonight, Thursday night football, Dallas at Tampa Bay, the reigning champs. It's going to be a great matchup, Dak versus Brady. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, I I can't lie to you, though, Mung. I know I know you're pulling for Dallas to beat these, uh, these world beaters in fantasy this year, but... This matchup worries me a little bit to start the season. Tampa Bay returns their full defensive lineup from the last year with some upgrades in the pass rush. Uh, Dallas is having some injuries in the offensive line. Dak has been banged up in the preseason. Hopefully he can stay on his feet, stay away from the rush, and stay healthy through this game. Otherwise, uh, a lot of teams are going to lose a lot of value in week one, and we don't like to see that, uh, especially any 
sort of analysts who've got Dak as their quarterback three and Zeke as their running back two, right? Well, <laughs> uh, certainly don't love that Zach Martin is on the COVID list. It sounds like he will most likely miss this game. Not completely ruled out just yet. Uh, and then Lyle Collins is questionable as well. So, yeah, it's it's not great for Dak Prescott here. But I do think that this game with a 52-point over-under, I, I do think Ooh. there's going to be plenty of scoring. And even if Tampa Bay does get up big, that just causes the Cowboys to have to throw more. So I'm not too worried about Dak Prescott. Probably outside of my top five quarterbacks this week. But uh and unless you have really, really good options, it would be tough for me to actually bench Dak in a one-quarterback format. Uh, Zeke, though, I, I certainly don't love. I think he's more of a, what, high-end RB2 this first week? Yeah, that's about all I'd give him against the Tampa Bay uh, against the Tampa Bay defense. Dak's going to have to throw the ball a ton. Um, this may even be a decent week to roll Mike Gallup out there. Yeah, so my question for you, Los, is uh, I caught a little bit of flack on Twitter. Uh, there there are some who prefer the quote-unquote start-your-studs approach, whereas I play the matchups while accounting for the talent of your starters. I, I thought that perhaps, depending on your options, if you got a Raheem Mostert in the 8th or ninth round, if you got Gus Edwards maybe pre-Dobbins injury, those are two guys that I might consider over Zeke. Is is that crazy? It's not crazy, but I wouldn't do it. Fair? Fair. I, I think I understand the start your studs crowd, but uh, it, it would not shock me in the least if Mostert and Edwards end up with more PPR points in week one than Ezekiel at here. Let's talk about the Bucks a little bit. Uh, but it, is there much to talk about here, Los? I don't think so. The Dallas defense I don't think is going to be showing us much uh, talent here against Tom Brady and company. This is going to be a great week to start Antonio Brown, I think, with big-time upside. Look for Brady and Arians to really make a statement in week one as they uh, start their quest to Super Bowl number two. I think the important things to pay attention to are the splits of work in the backfield between Burnett, uh, Rojo, Ronald Jones, and, um, and Giovanni Bernard, as well as keep an eye on the workload between Gronkowski and O.J. Howard. Surprisingly, it's, that's gotten very little attention at all this offseason. My assumption is that Gronkowski, of course, has the job locked up. But you just never know until the real games start, and they start uh, putting actual actual plays out there. Yeah, from a preparedness standpoint, it sounds like O.J. Howard was still working his way back from that Achilles injury last year. Uh, he wasn't showing a ton in training camp, so I'm not necessarily worried about Gronk as the quote-unquote starter. I think the the bigger question is towards you know the midway point of the season. If Tampa Bay is well on its way to claiming a playoff berth again, do they try to rest Gronk, who has had issues with a lot of injuries in the past, to kind of you know save him for the playoffs? That'll be something to watch. But week one, I think Gronk is a fine back end tight end one. And then of course it's worth mentioning that Giovanni Bernard is was practicing. Uh, this weekend, even though it sounded like he, he was coming back from a mild high ankle sprain. So oh, I, I wouldn't love starting him this week, depending on your options, maybe in deeper leagues. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's at best a flex in your normal 10, 12 team leagues. Oh, yeah. I mean, Giovanni was going back in the 13th round. I certainly hope you've had better plans than, than him heading into week one of all weeks. Yes, and all that said, uh, I will take the Bucks to continue their undefeated streak dating back to, you know, the winter. Yeah, uh, 
give me Tampa Bay. Uh, they're going to come out swinging. All right, so that brings us to our Sunday game, starting with the noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern slate. The first one is going to be Philadelphia at Atlanta, and we finally get to see Jalen Hurts in his second season. I, I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Hurts is a solid QB1 here with a good rushing floor and ceiling. Yeah, I'm not too excited about the offense this game or any game, if we're being entirely honest. You're right, he's going to provide quarterback one value with his legs, of course. Um, I think we got to keep eyes on how much work Boston Scott and Kenneth Gain will get to and into Miles Sanders' workload. I think it's going to be significant. Past that, I can't start any of the pass catches this week. How about you? I think Devontae Smith is fine. Uh, both of the tight ends, uh, depending on how deep your league is, uh, again, that's something else we want to see too, right? The the snap share and the way that they're going to be using Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Uh, it's just it's hard to see Dallas Goddard truly breaking out with Ertz still there. I know I talked on our first preseason show that I still thought there was a shot of Ertz getting traded, but clearly uh, that doesn't seem very likely at this point, just a few days before the start of the season. A quick question before we move on to the Falcons side here, Los. Would you consider Jalen Hurts against this Atlanta secondary over Dak Prescott against Tampa Bay? Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely would. But I'm not as high as on Dak as you are. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to the Falcons side. And uh, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, you're starting those guys depending on or not depending on anything. You're just starting those guys, period. Right? <laughs> I, if, you, if you drafted Kyle Pitts, you are playing Kyle Pitts this year. That's the bottom line. Well, I mean, what do you end up sixth round across all leagues essentially oh I, he was going in the fourth round in, in a lot of leagues so oh my if you if you invest in that draft capital you're certainly starting him uh in dfs he's pretty cheap uh, a clear you know 2000 maybe more less than kittle and kelsey those guys just 4400 dollars on DraftKings. so that'll be interesting i'm sure he'll be rostered in a ton of DraftKings slates it, it's going to be interesting to see you know just how this offense looks with arthur smith um, we know that he's a super efficient coordinator, but at the same time, we have seen that, you know, even with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta a few years ago, it took Matt Ryan a few games to kind of get into the swing of the new offensive system. In, I, throughout Ryan's uh, career in football, it takes him more or less an entire season to get caught up with the new play callers, uh, new offensive coordinator system, really. That's what's caused his bounce up, down, you know, top three quarterback, bottom 15 quarterback top three quarterback yo-yo system so i'm really not expecting too much out of him especially in the first game of the season here yeah i think on paper philly is a pretty solid matchup but uh, definitely something to watch out for and another thing to watch out for is going to be the workload for mike davis uh, just you know how much they're actually going to use him in that quote-unquote lead role uh, we know that they cut Kadri Allison, but they signed Wayne Gallman, so we'll just see what the splits kind of look like. Absolutely agree there. I expect this game him to essentially dominate touches and catches, but A, we saw him wear down at, towards the end of last year, and B, this is just week one of Gallman being back. They're going to work him in quite a bit. They're going to work Daryl Patterson in, who has been completely untouched and untalked about, despite being, to me, the clear running back two on this team right now, but he is more of a gadget play. Uh, if Davis explodes this week, I'd look to trade him. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he'll be, if your league mates will be buying into that performance per se, uh, but certainly if you can sell high on that week one performance, that's something to consider. You know, Atlanta's favored by three and a half points, and I had picked Atlanta prior to the show, but talking through this, I, I think I'm going to switch it to Philly here. All right. I think I'm going to stick with Atlanta at home. Um, look for Philadelphia to lose this game for themselves more than Atlanta to go and pet and take it. I, or Calvin Ridley can just take this game over. That's also possible. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, week one is so tough just because we right. really haven't seen any significant game action from these guys. And I, I feel like the betting lines don't quite mean as much. Um, normally, in these uncertain situations, I would just go with the favorite at home. But uh, I guess color me a believer in Jalen Hurts. Certainly not taking this as my survivor pick, that's for sure. <laughs> Agreed there. Okay, yep. so we'll yep. split that one. Moving on to Pittsburgh at Buffalo. This should be a fun one, Alos. Eh, I think this is going to be a really fun game. Uh, the wait's going to be over for the anticipated three-headed wide receiver core with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger at the helm. He's, you know, a little older, a little banged up, but, you know, he, he's still Ben Roethlisberger. And while one game doesn't mean much, it is important to keep an eye on the target splits between the three wide receivers, Johnson, Juju, and Claypool. Uh, this is also the much-anticipated debut of Najee Harris. This is going to be a really fun game. Uh, love the Buffalo side as well. Yeah, and I think the Steelers off, or excuse me, the Steelers defense has been slept on a little bit this preseason, but they do sure. still have a very solid core despite the offseason losses. Uh, but of course, Buffalo is a powerhouse, so we'll see if they keep that pass-happy nature that they showed down the stretch last year. Uh, certainly been throwing it a ton already in the preseason. But uh, I think the big thing to watch for with the Bills here is going to be the split between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. We've heard some positive reports about Singletary being in really good shape and potentially being the lead guy in Buffalo. So we'll see if that was coaching speak or, uh, you know, actually uh, more opportunities for Singletary. It, it, the probability is he's going to have more opportunities, but at the end of the day, I don't, I just don't see it mattering much. That offensive scheme worked so well for them last year. The preseason indications just show they're going to be pass happy as ever, throwing the ball all, all around the field to Stefan Diggs, getting Emmanuel Sanders working on some action, and then Josh Allen always having that threat with his legs to score on his own. So to me, regardless, I, I'm certainly not starting one of the running backs here, and I, I wasn't looking to draft one of them either. Yep, uh, I will take the Bills. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bills, but I think Pittsburgh's defense may keep this one somewhat close. Yeah, I don't think it's a blowout by any means, but I feel fairly comfortable taking the Bills here. For sure. The next game up, the Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot to talk to, or excuse me, to talk about here. Uh, Dalvin Cook, of course, you're starting. Same with Jefferson and Thielen against this Bengals defense. And then maybe Tyler Conklin, a sleeper, a DFS play, perhaps just $2,900 on DraftKings, certainly worth considering. Would you consider him over Chris Herndon? Absolutely. Um, okay. I, I think Herndon was a depth signing. Uh, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter where, uh, you know, Herndon just hasn't shown anything on the Jets. And I understand that it's the Jets, but there were, 
it sounds like even post Adam Gase, he was having issues running the right routes and with drops and, you know, he like uh, Wayne Gallman, right? He's a new addition to the team. So maybe sure. he makes a bigger contribution later in the season. Sure. Uh, but I think, I think this is the Tyler Conklin show at tight end following Irv Smith's injury. I think the big winner in this situation is really Adam Thielen. He was, his value was depressed a little bit in drafts this year. I expect him to hold firm into wide receiver two in the early part of this season and probably be a decent uh, sell sort of value to a person who's needy at wide receiver. But, you know, just things to be, things to be thrown around, you know, throw at the wall, see what sticks and just have in the back of your mind heading into the first four to six weeks of the season. Yeah, definitely. And on the other side here, the Minnesota defense has improved a lot from last year, but I'm not too scared about Joe Burrow. If he's your QB two and super flex, uh, you know, I would still be comfortable starting him depending on your other options. Hopefully you have better options in a one quarterback though. Uh, and then we will finally get to see the debut of Jamar chase in a lot of regular game time action. Uh, I have him ranked as a wide receiver three for week one. So hopefully you're not relying on him as your wide receiver two, but I do think that the upside is still there for him in this matchup. I, I mean, the upside's there, of course, because he's a very talented wide receiver, but in order for me to play him already, I would have liked to see him do a little bit better in the preseason as a rookie. He's got a little bit of the yips as they call it. It, it seems like we saw uh, Justin Jefferson start off very slow last year. Does not mean that uh, Justin Jefferson didn't end the season as a top-flight wide receiver. I think we might see something very similar with Jamar Chase here. I'm not interested in starting him early in the season, even though I do feel like Joe Burrow is going to try and force the issue getting him the football. Um, I think that may lead the Bengals into a few rough patches at the start stretch of the season. Sure, and that is why I'm taking Minnesota here. I'll take Minnesota as well. All right, the next game up, the San Francisco 49ers at the Detroit Lions. It sounds like Trey Lance is, you know, questionable to play with that chip in his finger, but certainly we were expecting Garoppolo to start in week one, so I don't know that that's a huge deal. If you drafted Lance, you're basically just waiting for him to become the starter. Uh, as far as the running backs go, I think Raheem Mostert is potentially, you know, a top 10 running back option in week one. We know that it's going to be a committee backfield for San Francisco, but against the Lions bottom ranked defense, I mean, they're what a bottom five defense in the league right now. I expect San Francisco to take the lead and not look back in this matchup. There's opportunity for Mostert to see, you know, 15 plus carries with 100 plus yards, two touchdowns maybe, and still have enough for Trey Sermon to be a flex worthy option this week. What do you think, Los? I completely agree with that assessment. This is an ideal season opener for this team, a much better team than Detroit is on the other side of the football. Um, Raheem Mostert is going to get plenty of carries. And this, the, the truth of San Francisco's backfield is that they've been a, uh, a um, committee backfield for multiple years now. So that's not something to be afraid of or not expect. Raheem Mostert's been in committees for, you know, the past two, three years, and he's produced just about every single week in them. So the, the real question with him is, can he stay on the field? Can he stay healthy for me? I think Trey Sermon, I, I don't know what he's going for in DFS, but I think he's probably a de decent play uh, in that category because, we may see Mostert go out there, handle 20 carries, and rush for 120 yards, and then have Trey Sermon rush for three touchdowns in uh, in a uh, you know uh, what's his good what's his name um, not McKinnon uh, Tevin oh, Coleman goodness. 
No, nope, not Coleman. Um, the uh, the Niners running back that comes in and just scores all the touchdowns. Oh, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Yeah, Jeff Wilson Jr. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, and so like I said, I, I don't think it's crazy for you know for you to start both if depending on your running back options, like hopefully you didn't draft both for that reason. But uh, if you lost, you know, a J.K. Dobbins or ETN after you drafted, and your best two running backs are the Niners guys, uh, it wouldn't be terrible to start both of them. I don't think this would be the week to do it. Not every week, but it breaks the week. Yeah, and to your point, Los, you know, Sermon is only $4,500 on DraftKings this week, so definitely something to consider there. Is there much to uh, discuss on the Lions side? I feel like that'll be our, our line for the season. Yeah, I mean, just keep an eye on what's going on between Swift and Jamal Williams. I'm very concerned as to how much of the workload Jamal Williams is going to take over. He's a coach's favorite player on, on the team he's been on. Um, he must be a great guy. You know, he catches the football well. He's sure-handed. He's decent in pass pro. Um, these are skills that, that you know, Lions fans wanted to see um, Swift being used for catching the football. But I, I do expect Jamal Williams to be out there more than, uh, more than many people would like him to be. Yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. Definitely something to monitor, especially week one coming back from that groin injury. It sounds like the coaches did have some concerns about Swift's uh, conditioning, so that could affect his workload. Hopefully he's more of an RB3 flex for your roster, not a RB2 that you're really relying on. But either way, give me San Francisco on the road. Yeah, San Francisco pretty easily here. All right, next game is going to be a very high-scoring shootout type of game, I think. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> just start everybody you got on those teams pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, that pretty much covers it. I mean, I I don't know if I'd go digging into, you know, like the Rondale Moore types um, just yet or A.J. Green or anything, but... Uh... Actually, no, I don't think I agree with that. Because what are you going to do if you have uh, uh, James Conner and Chase Edmonds sitting on your roster? Are you starting him regardless? Well, I meant, you know, the clear starters. Edmonds, I oh, think, is a, is fine. Conner is more of a deep flex. Um, maybe he'll, he'll get a touchdown, but it doesn't seem like he's getting a ton of work from the preseason games. Uh, if you have to, I think Moore and A.J. Green are both serviceable wide receiver four options, depending on how deep your league goes. Sure, sure. If we're talking that deep, um, I'd like to see A.J. Green mostly be used as a wide receiver, too. It's been tough this off this preseason um, with the injury. But if any way you can free Christian Kirk up to be your starting slot receiver, if they can do that, we will all see how good Christian Kirk can be. I know he's been one of your guys in the past. Um, nobody's been talking about him this season. But you put A.J. Green and De De DeAndre on the outside, I think Christian Kirk could easily have a 1,000-yard season, especially in a 17-game year. I think he could, but I feel like that ship has kind of sailed. We saw a lot of Rondale Moore in the slot in the preseasons. I think Moore is probably the guy over Kirk at this point, uh, but certainly we'll see how much, uh, how many snaps the rookie gets immediately in week one here. Uh, on Tennessee, I mean, you're starting Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill, and maybe in a deeper league, Ferkser, but that, that's probably it, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there's any other offensive players or skilled players on the Titans. Um, so yeah, you that get playing time. So yeah, you you covered it pretty well. 
But yeah, certainly this is uh this ties the Dallas Tampa game for I think the highest over under this week with 52 total points expected. And uh, I'm going to go with Arizona on the road. I'm going to take uh, Tennessee at home. I think Derrick Henry is unstoppable on the ground by the Arizona team. Alrighty. Next game up, Seattle at Indianapolis. Will we see Russ Cook? Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. You will smell what the Russ is cooking. We will all. It's going to be a fantastic game for Seattle. We're going to see balls chucked all around to Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf stepping back into form. They're going to look phenomenal. We're going to see Chris Carson running the football all around the field in this rejuvenated offense with, with the new coordinator. And we're going to see uh, how many targets Gerald Everett gets here. Uh, I think he's a tight end to keep an eye on this season. Um, you know, we always talk about those deep shots at tight end. He is the sort of player that that I think might have a connection with Russell Wilson. That could turn into your tight end one, you know, like Robert Tunyon last year or so, something like that. I'm not saying, you know, he's turning into an elite tight end by any stretch, but just just keep an eye on him. Sure, and personally, I'll be keeping an eye on D. Eskridge as well, the number three wide receiver, the rookie. He did miss some time during training camp with a toe injury, but uh, there is potential fantasy relevance for the number three guy on this Seattle offense if Russ truly does cook. On the Colts We've side... We've seen it with David Moore, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think that D. <laughs> Eskridge could be much better than David Moore, who just got cut by the Panthers. Um on the Colts side, uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot to talk about. We'll see how they utilize the wide receivers with T.Y. Hilton out. Um, I, I think a lot of people are excited about Paris Campbell, but I would hold off first. We know that Zach Pascal has played a major role in this offense in years prior. Uh, we know that he's not necessarily a special talent, but he seems to be doing everything well enough that the coaching staff respects him. So I, I wouldn't go all in on Pittman or Campbell just yet week one. Would you agree with that, Los? I would totally agree with that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think defenses are going to be able to work on keying on Pittman. Um, I think Campbell is not much better than Zach Pascal, who's a very underrated uh, football player by my estimation. I think the big takeaway from this game is going to be watching and keeping an eye on how much Naeem Hines takes away or cuts into uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor's workload. Nobody wants to seem to admit it, but I, I think Naeem Hines is going to be the primary pass catching back, and I think he's going to have more carries than we're giving him credit for. He's, he's like Jamal Williams, a beloved player by coaches. Yeah, and the other thing to keep an eye on with the Colts, too, is how they utilize their different tight ends. Uh, will Mo Alley Cox get more passing game receiving usage rather than just being a blocker? Um, does the rookie Kylan Granson get a little run? How does Jack Doyle look? Because we do know that Carson Wentz does target his tight ends quite often, at least historically he did in Philadelphia. So these are possible you know, week two waiver targets if you were not able to get a reliable tight end in your drafts. Completely agree. And, and I, I guess just talking about Carson Wentz does maybe give us a, a chance to Think about Naeem Hines. He has an end-of-bench sort of guy. Think of all that production Darren Sproles had with Carson Wentz. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yep. All that said, I will take the Seahawks on the road. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tough, tough debut for Wentz. I think the Seahawks are going to take this one. All right, next game up, the L.A. Chargers at the Washington football team. Uh, yet to pick a name, but I think we're getting closer there, maybe. Uh, um, I mean... 
what what is there to talk about? You're starting Herberts, probably you're starting uh, Keenan Allen, maybe Mike Williams as a wide receiver three or flex option. You're starting Austin Eckler, even against the tough defense. Uh, overall, you're starting your Chargers. I would avoid Williams here, I think, against uh, Washington. I, I don't know if the pass rush is going to give Herbert uh, quite the amount of time to get the ball out to uh, Mike Williams all the way down the field, who's probably going to lead the league in unrealized air yards again this year if he can stay healthy for the duration of the season. Um, if Josh Parham makes a few in-game plays, he can potentially supplant Jared Cook, uh, become a stream-worthy play into the season. So keep an eye on him. You know, Early, early in the season, is time to keep your eyes on the guys on the waivers who can turn into something. Definitely. And on the other side here, not super excited about the Washington players either. I do think that this is a fairly defensive-heavy matchup that's going to result in a slightly lower-scoring game here. Uh, if you drafted Fitzpatrick, He's an okay start, but I don't think he's in my top 12 quarterbacks this week. Uh, of course, you're starting Terry McLaurin. You're not benching him, but I, I don't know that. I feel confident about Curtis Samuel coming off the groin injury or the rookie, Diami Brown. Uh, really, it's McLaurin and Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson. Yeah, that, that's it for me. Um, I Keep an eye on J.D. McKissick because, just because he did get so much usage last year in the game. But I, I do expect the team to really give Gibson the reins here. We may not see much McKissick, but it's just good to know if we do. Uh, we, we, don't, we have not historically seen Ryan Fitzpatrick as much as a quarterback target the running back um, that much. So just something to watch. All right. I, I'm conflicted on this one, so I, I'm going to lean the home team here, which is the Washington football team. I, while the Chargers defense is good, I, I don't think it's – same class as Washington's and I, th I think Washington's defense dominates this game and takes it on at home Alrighty, next up we've got the New York Jets at the Carolina Panthers Sam Darnold's revenge game just $5,000 on DraftKings that's pretty crazy that a starting quarterback is that cheap for week one and hey Terrace Marshall only $3,000 on DraftKings I think there's a lot of value here to be mined potentially uh, for the Panthers and, of course, the return of the Mac, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, go and get that uh, big slot stack at home. Uh, I'm very excited to see what Sam Darnold's going to do in his debut without NFL debut without Adam Gates. He's surrounded by big, big-time weapons in the CMC and the three wide receivers. He could very well end up the quarterback steal of the draft, especially if this defense remains as bad as they have been, keeping uh, the team having to throw and score, much like uh, Seattle of last year or Dallas could be this year. Yeah, and I think the question everyone's talking about is, is Sam Darnold good? And my answer to that is, does it matter if he just has to distribute the ball to Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Terrace Marshall? Some Somebody is going to be open of those four on every single play, and they've got to figure something out to tight end to, to make somebody else open too, but somebody's going to be open. Yeah, I think what we know for sure is that we'll know very soon if Sam Darnold is really, really bad, if he can't make yes. it work with those guys. <laughs> and if he is, I mean, this team is set up. I was a little surprised to see them re-sign Robbie Anderson, but very pleased for the team. If he is not the answer, then they're not going to do well. They're probably not going to do well anyways with how their defense is, and they'll be able to uh, draft a quarterback early in this next year, which has a couple, but, but that's, you know, Another story for a, for a podcast probably about six months from now. <laughs> Very true. 
Um, on the Jets side, uh, we'll finally get to see the rookie phenom, Zach Wilson, who lit up the preseason. Uh, in some regular season action, we're going to see Elijah Moore for the first time in the regular season. Uh, Corey Davis, of course, should get his targets. And then the most intriguing thing probably here is going to be the backfield workload uh, with Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, and uh, Tevin Coleman, which hopefully you are not relying on. Yeah, I'm not touching any part of that. The only person I would I would start is in a pinch is Corey Davis, and I'm not even certain about that. You were able to get him deep enough in drafts where you should not have to throw him in your lineup this this uh, this week. But if you have to, Carolina's not a bad matchup for him. Yeah, and DFS, uh, if you want to throw it back on that stack, uh, add it on with that correlation. Elijah Moore, also only $3,000. Throw in Elijah Moore and Terrace Marshall for a a cool six grand total, and you can get some stud running backs on that roster. That must be the price going price for uh, rookie wide receivers right now. Indeed, and I think both of those guys, uh, their prices are going to go up by week two. So I do think there's a chance that they could have some nice games here, even in a lower uh, lower expected point total game. But either way, I am going to lean the home team Carolina Panthers with Sam Darnold getting his revenge. Yeah, uh, I agree. Revenge game, Sam Darnold, Christian McCaffrey back on the field. I don't think this is going to be close. All right, next game up, the AFC South showdown between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. Is there a better way for the number one overall pick to enter the league than to beat up on the hapless Texans? I mean, come on. Marvin Jones, just $3,600 on DraftKings. Trevor Lawrence is pretty cheap, too. James Robinson, and we know that Carlos Hyde's going to be involved, but you're, you're starting all these guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to expect out of Urban Meyer. I've got cautious optimism here, but it makes it very hard for me to buy in. Are we going to see, you know, a Chip's, Chip Kelly sort of situation with Urban Meyer? Dare I even say the name? Uh, that said, Houston doesn't pose much of or any threat. Uh, despite Meyer's best efforts, I think James Robinson is going to provide solid fantasy output on Sunday, regardless of what other running back games Meyer's going to try, other hurdles he's going to try and make his running back one go over. I'll say this. I'm very, very nervous about Urban Meyer uh, as a head coach in the long term. But let's not forget that Chip Kelly came out and set the league on fire. I mean, people were not ready for Chip Kelly in the beginning. They eventually figured him out, and he kind of played too much GM. Perhaps uh, they should have stuck to just keeping him as the head coach. But uh, so, you know, there are concerns with Urban Meyer. But for week one against the Texans, uh, I am not too worried, even if Urban Meyer is the worst head coach in NFL history. I think they can still do well against that tech, excuse me, the Texans and their defense in particular. Um, I mean, for the Texans, it's, it's just Brandon Cooks, right? I, I wouldn't even do it. I, I mean, I couldn't justify it. How, how can you start any Texan right now? We don't even, like, David Johnson, if – you know, the news is to be believed is being relegated to like a third down back while the other backs on the team are Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram. So I, I don't know. I don't trust anything in Houston right now, nor am I putting anything into my starting roster. Fair or enough. my bench for that matter. I, I, I don't <laughs> trust any of Houston this year. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, with Terod Taylor starting, I, I do think he's competent enough to get the ball to Brandon Cooks in a game where they should trail. So, 
you know, pretty cheap on DraftKings. Uh, could be a complimentary stack if you're taking Lawrence and Marvin Jones and Shark and those guys. Uh, I do think that I would be comfortable starting Cooks at wide receiver three or flex, depending on you know how your draft went and who your other options are. But again, yeah, I agree. That's that's the absolute only guy. We'll see how this backfield committee shakes out, and I am going to take uh, Urban Myers, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I came in the Jaguars here. I, I also wouldn't be shocked if Tyrod Taylor, uh, Taylor led the uh, team in rushing. And that would not shock me either. Um, that leads us into the Sunday mid-afternoon slate, kicking it off with Cleveland at Kansas City. This is probably going to be the best game of the week. Would you agree with that? No. <laughs> no? No, I, I actually think the uh, I'm more excited for Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Oh, wow. All right. Um, fair enough. I think that'll be an excellent matchup too, but uh, – I mean, I, I don't think this one's going to be all too close. I think we're uh, a little too excited about Cleveland. I, I expect uh, Kansas City to stomp on their throats this Sunday. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, the playoff game that we saw between these two games came down to the wire. And I understand that Patrick Mahomes got hurt and they, they made major upgrades to the offensive line this offseason. But. At the same time, I don't think we can discount the major upgrades that the Browns made to their defense, can we? New season, new O-line. Let's, I mean, we, we want to talk about Brady, Rogers. These guys having killer instincts. Patrick Mahomes has the killer instinct. He is vindictive. He will demolish the Browns on Sunday. Wow. All right. Well, we know who you're picking, but uh, let, let's talk about the fantasy <laughs> options first for the Browns. Um, does that mean that you're a, a bit off Nick Chubb? Because if they fall behind, you know, we're not going to be expecting Chubb to catch a ton of passes. Right. And I agree there. And that's why I think three punt is a start regardless. Now I would not sit Chubb because I am a start your studs guy and B in the first half of the game, they're going to lean on Chubb regardless. So you're at least going to get, you know, a half game of Nick Chubb usage is worth three quarters of the game of any other starting running back usage in, in my opinion. And on the off chance, Cleveland can make this game plan work. The way to beat Kansas City, just like we saw in that Raiders game last year, is to keep is keep it on the ground and keep running them. If they stand a chance at winning, it's because Nick Chubb ran for 150 and three. Hmm. All right. Uh, what about the wide receivers? Because you think that the Chiefs are going to, you know, lead by a solid margin here. So you should like uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, right? Should be plenty of volume for these guys. If I liked them, then yes, I would like them. But Jarvis Landry <laughs> is not sitting in any of my interest this year. Odell Beckham, I don't have trust in. I think he's going to be a fine upper echelon wide receiver, too. He could creep into one this week. So I would definitely play him, um, but I, I'm just not a big fan. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's move on to the Chiefs side here. Not a whole lot to talk about. You're starting Mahomes. Kelsey and Hill, of course. Uh, the only thing I'd watch here uh, with the backfield is we saw that Clyde Edwards-Alaire got a ton of work in the preseason with the first team. Uh, will we see him used in a passing down capacity? Will we see him get the majority of the goal line and red zone work? That's going to be what we're going to be looking for in this game. I do think that the upside is there for him this year, but this first week should tell us a lot. I think the answer is yes, but I I unfortunately think that Cleveland may be able to stop him, unfortunately, uh, just like we saw last year. 
Clyde Edwards-Alaire had every opportunity to be an amazing back last year, but early in the season, he was stifled and stifled and stifled. And um, then, then they started turning other directions, unfortunately. I, I hope he catches on quick early, uh, earlier this season. Well, for what it's worth, uh, it does sound like his ankle is fine for week one. So certainly if you drafted him, I don't think you have better options. You're starting him. Right. And uh, I, I don't think it's going to be quite as, as far apart as you seem to think, close. but I will take the Chiefs in this game. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to another game that should be pretty close here. Uh, Miami at New England. What do you think about Tua? Is it Tua time? I have cautious optimism for uh, optimism for Tua and company, but I'm not buying in this week, not playing this week. Uh, the Patriots' rejuvenated defense is going to get after the quarterback, try and stop that momentum that he seemed to be building in the preseason. He so, showed a much better better rhythm, but was not connecting on much anything deep, although he is, he is going to go for it more this year. But I would wait on it until Will Fuller's back in the lineup here. Um, Miles Gaskin should have a steady amount of carries and catch totals here. So he's a solid running back, too. Uh, but past that, I'm not really getting into the uh, the pass catching options or, or two of this week. Yeah, I depending on your options, I don't think Jalen Waddell is a terrible flex option with Will Fuller out for week one um, and Stephon Gilmore on the PUP list. Uh, I do think that Fuller should get a lot of looks, uh, particularly out of the slot and perhaps in some manufactured touches. So depending on uh, depending on your options, Waddle has extremely high upside here. Um, on the New England side, I know we're super excited about Mac Jones, but this Dolphins defense is pretty solid. I expect them to try and run the ball a ton. This should be more of a Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson type game than a Mac Jones type of game. Would you agree with that? Completely agree, and I would only start Damian Harris because even though we can say it was Ramondre Stevenson and saw him in the preseason, we really just don't know with Belichick. And history does show us that even though rookies can look good in preseason or, or certain games at a time, he does not uh, rely on them um, when, when it comes to it. He really does seem to let that, that first season pass and then get into them season two. Look at Damian Harris last season. I, I don't think anybody would, would disagree that Damian Harris is a more talented running back than Ramondre Stevenson. And how much work did he get to start the year? Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to necessarily start Stevenson. I just meant it's oh, going to okay. be more of a run-heavy approach rather than yes. a, a Mac Jones type of game. But even J.J. Abrams uh, <laughs> yeah, will, uh, <laughs> will get some work here. Yeah, J.J. Uh, Taylor, right? Taylor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the one. Hopefully, hopefully nobody accidentally drafted JJ Taylor in the second round of their uh, <laughs> of their drafts this year. Uh, oh yeah, instead of Jonathan, that yeah. would be unfortunate. Sort of like Adrian Peterson versus Bears Adrian Peterson. Yeah, so I, I think really among the pass catchers, uh, we're excited about Jacoby Myers. Uh, maybe in deeper leagues, uh, he'll get some targets, but I, I think really you're just rolling with Janu and Hunter, right? Depending on your tight end options. Um, yes. I mean, if, if you drafted them, you'd likely spend up for them. I Did Hunter Henry end up drafted this season after the injury? Uh, I mean, it depends on your league for sure. sure. But uh, I, I think I think I'd the expectation. Him, him this week. I think there's a few better options. 
See, I actually think that with their strong cornerback play, that might funnel more to the tight ends. Uh, so I That's would fair. I would avoid Nelson Aguilar, and I would rather start the tight ends, but certainly not expecting the world of them. All that being yeah. said, uh, man, like I trust Bill Belichick, but it's still a rookie here. Mac Jones, as good as he looked in the preseason, two very good defenses going uh, – going against each other and we know that brian flores came from new england kind of knows what they want to do here so i'm actually going to give it to miami yeah we saw this last year i think i think the week one matchup was new england and miami and though at the end of the season miami ended up the better team new england did win in week one and and i i can't pick against bill belichick in a divisional matchup in week one of the nfl season just can't do it Fair enough. We're going to uh, we're certainly going to get some splits in our pick'em early this year, and we'll see Love how it. that goes. All right, Love the it. next you can't copy after copy copy over me. Uh, well, that's not how that phrase works. You can't copy me all season long anymore. <laughs> I won't need to. Hopefully, I'll be up. Oh, oh. We'll see. Uh-oh. We'll see. All right, next game up here: Green Bay at New Orleans, and uh, yeah, I. I this should be another good game in terms of just I don't know what's going to happen here because Aaron Rodgers coming off of that MVP season, but he loses two offensive linemen, uh, but he does get his old friend Randall Cobb back here. Aaron Jones, we'll see what the split is with A.J. Dillon. Certainly you're not worried and you're starting Jones, but something to monitor here. This should be a good game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, another year, not much changes for the pack. Uh, Rodgers, Jones, and Adams are very solid plays. I think the rest of the offense is going to split duty and not provide much reach individually regarding the uh, uh, wide receiver two spot, except maybe Robert Tunyon. He might have earned a little more respect from Aaron Rodgers given his last year. So his TDs, uh, touchdowns are probably going to regress a little bit, but I think his targets probably will increase. So in a pinch, I would play Tunyon. Well, if you drafted Tunyon, you're playing him. I, I think he was overdrafted, but, you know, we're in the season now. We're not in draft season. Yeah, I'm a little more concerned because I don't think that Cobb is some elite player, especially at his current age, but I do think that the rapport could be there enough that it, it siphons away some of those targets from Tunyon. Um, so certainly I, I don't have much uh, Robert Tunyon on my rosters, but nope. uh, if you drafted him, you're he's your tight end one, and you're probably starting him. Uh, yeah, sorry, but you know, it's what it is. We told you not to pick. You didn't listen. <laughs> Yeah, on the other side here, we'll see if the preseason darling Marquez Calloway is for real. And if you think he is, he's only 3400 bucks on DraftKings. So uh, definitely someone that you could take a stab at there. We'll see if famous Jameis uh, has gotten past his Tampa Bay turnover-prone uh, indicators. or Excuse me, not indicators. What am I trying to say here? Uh, interceptions. Interceptions. Jeez. Yeah. 30-plus. Um, We'll see if the Saints are willing to open up their passing attack a little bit more downfield, switching from Breeze to Winston, and whether or not that's a good thing or not. (laughs) In the backfield, we'll maybe see more Tony Jones over Latavius Murray. That's something to watch. Uh, Jones should be on rosters as a flyer if you have the room. He's a guy with a ton of upside if anything were to happen to Alvin Kamara. And then I don't know that we can trust Traquan Smith in week one given what we saw from Callaway. No, I'm I'm pretty out on this entire offense, except for Alvin Kamara, uh, who's just too talented to count out. But I have a lot of concerns about this team's ability to stay on the field on offense. 
with the current injuries on the team and with Winston's penchant to throw billions of interceptions, um, Sean Payton is not a patient man. I don't expect him to deal with Jameis throwing interceptions. So if that's what takes him keeping the job, I think Jameis's you know big cannon arm is going to be dialed back a little bit this season. So I, I'm really off the Saints this year. Yeah, I actually uh, I put some bets down on them to miss the playoffs, so I'm not necessarily disagreeing there. And I, I think oh. that'll start in week one with a loss to the Packers. There you go. I will take the Packers uh, begrudgingly on the road to win. All right, uh, next game up here, the Denver Broncos at the New York Giants. Uh, I've been off of the Broncos pass catchers at ADP this preseason. I just think that it's going to be a pretty spread out target share among Fant, Sutton, and Judy here. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty low scoring game, and the main the main uh, player I'm here interested here from a fantasy perspective is actually the Broncos defense. Yeah, I think you're right. They may they may be top scoring. Not to say that uh, the Broncos don't do well enough on offense this game. I, I will get to it, but I think they're going to win. Um, but I think the offense is going to put up solid production. But I think Denver is going to get after Jones and company and, and really have a really solid game here. Um, as for the skill players, I agree about the split in production there. Um, in keepers and dynasties, talent wins out, and I do not expect Teddy Bridgewater to uh, last long with this team, unfortunately. Uh, I, I do expect this team to you know, finish third in the division and have a chance to uh, pick up one of those early quarterbacks next, next season. Um, hopefully, hopefully the defense doesn't stand in the way of them doing that because if they're able to secure a, a solid quarterback, the ceiling is the limit for Sutton, Judy, and Fant because eh, – when they're operating on full cylinders, I challenge you to find a better receiving core than that. Right. And, you know, and I think there could be enough work for both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in this game to yep. both be flex worthy. I'm, you know, I'm projecting for like a 26 to nine kind of win where they just sure. really kind of shut the giants down. Uh, and speaking of the giants, I, man, Evan Ingram is questionable, probably not going to play with that injury. Um, Saquon Barkley is going to play, but who knows what kind of workload he's going to see in week one. If you drafted him, you're certainly starting Barkley. Uh, Sterling Shepard is is an okay deep flex play. Certainly not starting Daniel Jones. I, I am pretty off of the, the Giants this year. Yeah, I would not start anyone other than Saquon. It's far too crowded at wide receiver. There's a few talented guys, but it's just too crowded of a room, and this offense isn't good enough to uh, sustain these drives and have a high-octane high passing offense. What with Daniel Jones's uh, turnovers, uh, it's just not going to work out. Yeah, and I, for one, am stunned that the Broncos are only favored by three points in this matchup. Uh, I will hammer that all day long. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty generous for anybody for for, uh, for Denver fans who are into uh, uh, sports wagering. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean Vic Fangio with the defensive talent that he has going up against the Giants' offensive line. Like, come on, I I, yeah. I I really don't get it. But all right, sounds like we're both taking the Broncos here, which leads us to the Sunday night football game, the Chicago Bears at the L.A. Rams. And uh, it sounds like we're going to get some Andy Dalton here. Yeah, this is I, – I, you've probably seen at least one movie where, you know, they end up in a jungle and there's a there's a sacrifice to, to, to the 
to the cannibal gods. Um, L.A. is the jungle right here, and the sacrifice is about to happen. Um, Andy Dalton, sorry, brother. You know, you're a great red rifle. We love you, bud. But um, your sacrifice is going to let, let our boy Justin Fields live and turn into a stud NFL quarterback. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your service to the league, to Chicago. Thank you. Um, I hope you enjoy your time. Eat some pizza before you leave. Um, yeah. That's, of course, if Matt Nagy doesn't ruin Justin Fields first. But I, I'd really rather not think about that possibility. Uh, oh, boy, that went from really happy to really sad. Mung, I needed to take over. Now I'm depressed. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see Fields at some point this season, uh, but certainly doesn't sound like it's going to be week one. Really, it's Allen Robinson who should see tons of volume, even with the matchup. I assume Jalen Ramsey is going to see him quite a lot that night. Um, but it's hard to bench him if you if you drafted him as your what wide receiver two probably wide receiver one in some cases if you went running back and tight end heavy uh david montgomery should get some volume here but certainly don't love this matchup with the offensive line against that rams defense and aaron donald on the yeah, Rams side uh, yeah on the Rams side uh i don't love stafford for this matchup but i think he's a fine high-end qb2 I do think we're going to see a different iteration of this offense with more downfield passing than we did when Jared Goff was at the helm. Certainly you're starting Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson as a flex. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I am a little more concerned about Sony Michelle um, season long than I thought I was going to be. What about you? Yeah. Once... In terms of eating into Daryl Henderson. Yeah, once that trade happened, uh, yeah, by the way, I, I was drafting Sony Michelle in the last round of drafts even prior to that trade. I think that he made a ton of sense in L.A., and now we see it here. And I think that there is a chance that by week seven, week eight, Sony Michelle is a potential league winner as the lead back in L.A. What a crazy thought. I mean, given the opportunity, it's totally plausible. But I know Sean McVay saw Sony Michelle up close in the playoffs three years ago or whatever, but like, did he watch him last year? Yeah, I, I think the knee injury really took a toll on Michelle because we did see him regain some of that explosiveness this preseason. Um, certainly you're not starting Michelle week one. I do think this is still Henderson until Michelle gets up to speed, which could take quite a few weeks. Uh, oh. But really, you know, it, it's will they bring in Michelle at the goal line, even if Daryl Henderson is good? In Possibly. One, I mean, right? certainly not a dynasty buy for me, though. Um, you no. Know, just put yeah. that spin on it. I, we saw Gurley. I mean, we saw what the Rams did with Gurley, which made me especially shocked to uh, see them pick up Michelle. So long term, I don't see it. Short term, I, I guess he thinks he's got something. Well, the difference is they paid Gurley an ungodly amount of money, whereas Michelle is That's practically fair. free. <laughs> That's fair, but I he really the best option available that's that's the question yeah i mean not a whole lot there but uh either way i'm gonna take the la rams yeah sorry sorry chicago but uh this is this is sacrifice week this this really ought to be sacrifice season let's uh let's go in you know and, and gear up for next year and then the next five years when we're gonna dominate the league boys come on yeah hopefully uh we, we i like what we've seen from justin Fields so far sure in do. the preseason 
All right, the final game for week one, Monday Night Football, the Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, should be fun christening this stadium with fans. Uh, I really want to go check out this stadium, but uh, sadly, I don't think the, the Vegas fans will like this matchup. Uh, you're starting Lamar Jackson. You're starting the Gus Bus and Mark Andrews. And then I don't know about the rest. I think Mark Andrews is going to be really, really solid early in the season. What with uh, what we know about Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, and Boykin all down for right now. And then I don't know if you saw, but just prior to our recording, uh, Mark Andrews was was rewarded with a big, big extension from the Rams. So uh, good on you, Rams, showing your faith in the guy. Um, great, great uh, touchdown receiver. Should have some good early uh, early season value. Um, but I do not expect, unfortunately, the volume to keep up as the season uh, progresses. So could be an early season trade candidate. Uh, Tyson Williams is a must own, I think, in essentially all leagues. I think he's got just about the same. Uh, if the draft was held today, I'd take, you know, Edwards just about where J.K. Dobbins was during, you know, drafts the season. And I would take Tyson Williams, if not where uh, Gus was taken, then around later. So certainly should be on a roster. Uh, do, you, do you think so? Yeah, definitely. The opportunity is there as the potential 1B on a very run-heavy team. Um, and if as something were to happen to Edwards, I do think Williams would get uh, a, a lot of work, especially with Justice Hill uh, tearing his Achilles, too. Right. I don't know if you saw right. that. Uh, terrible injury luck for the Ravens here. Um, but luckily they had a fairly uh, deep team, and yep. uh, hopefully they'll get some of those receivers back. It does sound like Marquise Brown will play. Uh, for week one so he's a flex option as well considering the Raiders secondary here dare I say it though gut shot flex play potential potential wide receiver one overall on the week Sammy Watkins week one can he make the magic happen yet again my crystal bla uh, my crystal ball's a little cloudy but but it's saying yes think you gotta shake that thing a little harder but uh <laughs> you don't shake a crystal ball or uh, sorry i was thinking magic eight ball in my head that's that's what i was maybe that's uh, the problem it's an eight ball and i'm not shaking it hard enough well i think i think the the black and purple bodes better for a magic eight ball you know Ooh, than a crystal sure ball does. wow yeah okay i think this is going I, I i don't think this metaphor can go any further everybody all in sammy Watkins. this is it yeah, hey, if you need that home run swing in DFS, uh, Watkins has been a, a week one shocker quite a few times in his career. Three touchdowns last year. Yep. And then, you know, you'll never hear from him again, but that's all right. No, but, but all you need is week one. That's true. That's true. Um, definitely worth taking a shot on. On the Raiders side, uh, I, I don't know, Darren Waller? Yeah, I mean, it's Darren Waller here, of course. And then I, I, I think that you and I have different feelings on, on Mark, on, on, <laughs> on Josh Jacob. Um, I think he's, I think he's a fine play here as a back end running back too. You may not have better options on your team if he's who you drafted. Of course, if you were able to snag Gus Edwards late, I would play him over Mark, uh, over uh, Josh Jacobs here. Um, but if Jacobs underproduces here, which I do expect him to, I think he's a good guy to keep a tab on as a, as a early season trade target. I, I believe in him. I do not feel that, uh, that they're going to be cutting into his, his, uh, value much with Kenyon Drake. I think Drake is the replacement for your Jalen Richard and Dwayne Washington side of the field or uh, Deandre Washington side of the field. I think Josh Jacobs, who's finished as a running back one, the past two seasons is going to be just fine this year. Uh, maybe, um, 
I don't know. I mean, looking at the I, schedule. And, and that's exactly what everyone else is saying. Sigh, maybe. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I will write Fair enough. Well, I'll be on the other side here. You know, I don't think that Drake or anyone else is going to cut into his rushing workload, but we've just seen that the Raiders, for whatever reason, don't believe in Jacobs as a receiving back, which means really they're going to need to stay in games for him to see a ton of work. I don't know that that's going to happen against the Ravens. Um, looking at week two, they get the Steelers, who are another tough defense. Then they get Miami, another good defense. The LA Chargers, who, if healthy, could be a good defense. Chicago, Denver, Philly's got a, a rough secondary, but a good defensive line. I mean, you're looking at the first seven games where maybe Jacobs is, you know, you're you're counting on you're counting on touchdowns from him, right? If you're starting him. And then you and then you trade for him in week six. And then you ride him to a title. Uh, I mean, you know, teach their own, I guess. Well, uh, we, we certainly do not see eye to eye here. If you're correct, uh, the consensus is certainly down on Jacob, so he could be a steal. But I assume that you would have just drafted him if, if you're higher than your league on Jacobs, correct? Yes, precisely. But um, I, this is why it's time now to tell all of you listeners who did not believe in Josh Jacobs, just keep an eye, you know, watch what they're doing. Don't go after him now, obviously. Let whoever drafted him lose faith in him. Let that happen. Duh. We do that all the time. Heck, we've seen, we, we saw Brandon Cooks get dropped outright by how many teams last year and then still be a stud. So it happens. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll revisit this in like week eight during the Raiders bye, and we'll, we'll certainly see. Um, I am not as optimistic, and I, I will take for sure in week one the Ravens. Yeah. Oh, there's no question about that. All right. So that wraps up all the games for week one. Uh, just a few days away from NFL football. Cannot, cannot wait. Uh, and we're getting to that point in the season where you guys are probably done with your drafts by the time you're listening to this show. Uh, we are recording Monday night on Labor Day. So if you guys have sit-start questions, early waiver wire questions, maybe you need a defense or a kicker after you foregoed uh, drafting them in your drafts uh, or any other you know, flex questions, this or that, find us on Twitter. Um, I, I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. We keep it short. We keep it simple. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. As always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Is your savings just sitting there? Well, put it to work. A premium online savings account from PenFed earns way more than the national average, so you can get your savings working on earning you a vacation, or a new kitchen, or that fancy exercise mirror. Apply at PenFed.org slash savings. Premium online savings account holders must agree to electronic delivery of account opening disclosures and monthly statements. $5 minimum required to open an account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. 
Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.